0: Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians 1212 12 to 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 20. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot will say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That will not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear will say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That will not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where will the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all we were a single member, where will the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
1: Good morning, Ebenezer Church. It is good to be in worship with you this morning. It is always a blessing. Blessing, yeah, that's right. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Donovan Archie. I'm one of the pastors here, and I always have the incredible joy and pleasure and honor of uh, delivering a message that I think God will uh, inspire into our hearts or, or let, get into our hearts this morning. Uh, we are in part two of our message series, Growing Gratitude. Growing gratitude, And through this sermon series, we're looking at how we could lead and live a life that's filled with thankfulness and gratitude itself. The idea is that gratitude can lead us to a faith that is robust and a life that is full of life as well. It also has this opportunity and possibility of inciting restoration in our lives and inspire us to get back to the life in Jesus Christ that we once knew. You see, as we plan this series, uh, myself along with the other pastors, we realized a few things. And paying attention to our world, paying attention to our church, and paying attention to our community, we realized that we are called to, we are called to live being recognized not only as Christians in this world, but as Christians who bear within them a deep sense of love, that bears within them a deep sense of faith, but then also, more importantly, a deep sense of gratitude. Gratitude is the quality of being thankful, the readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness, just as we have received and have experienced kindness. I got to tell you, it is one of the many means, because, because God uses lots of means to get our attention and to do some work in our lives, but gratitude is one of the means that God uses to help restore us and to help refine our lives in Christ Jesus which is why this sermon series, Growing Gratitude, is especially important for us as followers of Christ. As Christians living in a competitive world that's competing for our resources and our attention and the way that we live, we're called to take a pause, to review and to discern our own lives in light of Jesus Christ, to look at who Jesus is and what he does in our lives and to experience gratefulness and thankfulness, So that we then could respond and live differently. It is the process of having gratitude to shape us, to refine us, to restore us back to the Christians that Christ has developed in us. Gratitude can do that for us when practiced and rehearsed and done in our lives. And it has the incredible possibilities to make us new, to change us into a person that we've never experienced before and to do things in our lives that we never anticipated. It also has this other really cool factor to it, this other cool feature. When we live out and we practice gratitude, it has the power to drive out fear and anxiety and the grip that it has on us in our lives. And it invites us to a place of trust in God and it invites us to a place where we can experience peace in God as well. It also, when done well, has the incredible possibility to restore our thinking and to change our minds and to renew us. So, together as a church, we will rediscover the joy of a thankful heart as we allow God to do the incredible work in us, but then also the incredible work of gratitude with us. Amen? Let us pray. God, we are so grateful for the attitude of gratitude. And the way that you seek to help restore us, to speak to us, but then also to encourage and empower us to live a different life in light of Christ's life in us. God, I ask as one of the pastors that you go into the place of the human heart. That Pastor Donovan was never designed to go and do the work that Pastor Donovan cannot do. Do your work, God, for all of us present today. In Christ's name. Amen. All right. So I got to tell you a few weeks ago, I was in a church meeting and I was sent a picture while I was in this meeting. Sometimes I text during meetings and that's okay. I was sent a picture while I was in a meeting and in the picture it was a, it was a photo of what I have here. It is a copy of Stafford Magazine. Stafford Magazine. And listed on it in their October and November issue is the Meet the Best of Stafford for 2023. And among some of the best breweries there are in Stafford and places to go on a date that you want to, where you want to take your boo, and the and the best barbecue spots there is in Stafford County or just in Stafford ranked the best place of worship and next to it or under it was named this fabulous powerhouse of a church ebenezer church I gotta tell you, this was an incredible blessing. And when I saw this picture and I had the opportunity to hold that publication in my hand, that my, my attitude got a little bit more boastful. I said, well, wow, I have the opportunity of leading, of helping to lead a dynamic church. The, my vertebrae and the disc within my back began to stack themselves on top of each other, and they helped to stand me upright. It also fixed my attitude. My chest got puffed up, and I said, man, we are doing an incredible work in the community. In light of that, I began to toy with some questions in my mind as I lived with this deep sense of pride for this beautiful and fabulous community known as Ebenezer Church. But so the questions that I begin to toy with is, how do we every year get a chance to win that title? Because your pastor gets a little bit competitive sometimes. One of your pastors, at least. No, on a serious note, although that was an initial thought for me. But the the deeper question that began to resonate for me was how do we continue to be the church that makes a difference in this county? How do we become the type of church that makes an impact and a difference in our world? How do we live more into our calling as a church? And how do we more importantly allow God to help grow our ministry, our efforts, every individual in the body that's known as the body of Christ? that makes up Ebenezer. And then in prayer, I heard God whisper to me later on, there are two things that helps us to live into our calling, that helps to grow us, but that also helps us to become and to continue to be the church that makes an impact and a difference. The first thing that God, that I heard from God was gratitude. The practice of gratitude, a life of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude. And then the second thing that we're reminded every day and we're reminded often of the basics of who we are and what we have as the body of Christ. So with that, I automatically thought about Paul's message that he wrote, uh, that he wrote uh, in a letter to the church contained within Corinth. Paul writes to this church and this people named the Corinthians to address a few issues within their own church, but then also sought to encourage them to lead a life that they once knew, a life in Jesus Christ that is full of joy, that is full of peace, that is full of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of it that they first received when they first heard and believed Jesus Christ. He writes to them also and he tells them about the incredible giftedness and the power that is contained within their community and the individuals that makes up that community. Paul uses this also as a moment to help them understand that as more, the more you grow in your knowledge and your communion with God, the more that you are, the more you are gifted to make an impact and a difference because from the utterance of your heart comes actions of love, you become different people. He also helps them to become better believers and better thinkers, better theologians as it relates to how Christ has impacted their lives. He writes to them to remind them that they are the body of Christ and that comes with a new sense of life. He reminds them of their identity and the work that's ahead of them. You see, as Paul writes to this community, uh, there are some theologians themselves who inserted themselves into the community and sought to change some of the theology contained within their community. They begin to talk about the nature of Jesus Christ. They begin to talk about how you are to worship different matters of sexuality, what's acceptable and not acceptable. They begin to talk about the worship of different food that was sacrificed to Greek and Roman gods. And it threw off the ethos and the dynamic and the spirit that was contained within the heart of the Corinthians. So after Paul receives this correspondence from the community, he writes back and he encourages them to remember the faith that they once knew. That if you want to continue to grow in your identity of Christ, in Christ, and if you want to continue to make a difference in Corinth, Remember to be grateful for the spirit that you receive, the faith that you receive and have, but then also be reminded of who you are and the difference that you're able to make as you live that life. We're encouraged with the same encouragement from Paul, that as Paul writes to the early day the early day disciples in Corinth, he also writes to the disciples in Stafford County's best place of worship and encourages us to remember the faith that we once knew, the faith that we're practicing right now and today, but then to also get back to the basics of who we are and what we can do if we want to continue to make the difference that we are making. So the first thing that Paul encourages them, and I got to tell you, he encourages them with a lot of things. He's fixing some theological matters, But overall, there are four big ideas that he's toying with here. And the first being that they are to remember that the Holy Spirit empowers each and every one of them. Paul receives the correspondence concerning the matters. And he responds with the idea that the Holy Spirit is able to help grow you and help you to be the disciple that you once started as. And that together you are the body of Christ who live out this identity of Jesus Christ that is both death and resurrection. He writes to them and he reminds them that everything you do as a people, as an individual, but then also as a body, has with it and carries with it this identity of Jesus Christ of death. That Jesus Christ defeated death. That Jesus Christ defeated all of your old ways. Your matters the matters of sexuality and the matters of your food sacrifices to idols and different gods, and even these diverse worship experiences that you're having, that yes, there are new things that comes out of a life lived with Christ, but you are caught, number one, to continue to die to your old ways so that you can live in the newness that Christ prepares for you. That everything you do in the face of the people who don't know God— Should represent death in you, but also represent life in you. Remember that you are the body of Christ, and that people will see you as the body of Christ. And whatever you do, people will think people will think that they could do the same. Also, that that if the body of Christ is experiencing and sacrificing uh, food to greet God, that it's okay for them as well. So he pushes them and he encourages them to remember. That as you go about your day in Corinth, as you are in the marketplace, as you are doing community with people, remember that you are carrying with you as an individual and as a community the very identity of Christ. That you die to old self, that you represent death to who you once were before. But then also you are carrying with you this newness of life. That we are of one spirit, we are of one source, and together you are a community that is death, that has died, and you are life, and you are new life and resurrection. Paul writes to them and he tells them that, no, this is not your average faith, my dear. This is not your average or your old faith walk. This is a new faith walk that you're called to. So remember the spirit that empowers you to live the life that Jesus started in you. So that Jesus can continue to do that good work in you so that from it, you can help others to respond too to God's love and peace and joy in the world. He says, remember that it was God who offered him, that it was God and Jesus who offered himself as a living and holy sacrifice. And then also calls for us each and every individual to be a holy and living sacrifice for God's use as well. That you are a people that have been refined, so remember it, but then also live into that if you want to make the difference that you're making. The second thing that God, that God, that Paul writes to this community as he is encouraging this community to get back to their old ways. You're doing some good stuff, but if you want to continue to make the difference that you're making, remember that the Holy Spirit empowers you to change and to live well. But then it also blesses you with spiritual giftedness and spiritual graces to be able to reach people in your community. He writes to them in 1 Corinthians 4. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to take that out or turn on your device and and turn with me to 1 Corinthians uh, 12 and 4. 12 and 4. He writes to this community and tells them that they are uniquely gifted and uniquely graced to be able to make a deep impact, a continued impact in light of Jesus Christ. He tells them in verse 4, he says that there are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each and every person for the common good of the good news. A word is given to those who are able to give the word of wisdom, but the same Spirit. The same spirit is able to give to another the gift of knowledge according to the knowledge that was given to them by the spirit. It says to another the gift of faith still by the same spirit, the gift of healing to another but yet still by the same spirit, the gift of performing miracles and healings yet by the same spirit, and then to another one prophecy and the the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues but yet in the same spirit. That the same spirit that is one calls us to be a church, a body of Christ that is also one, one that has a diversity of giftedness and is able to live and lean into what that means, how we serve God and how we show up in the world. In in these verses, Paul uses the word charismata or charismata, and that word translates to spiritual gift or gift of grace. And so in our modern definition of gift of grace or spiritual gift, we understand that to be the ways that the Holy Spirit endows for us to reach and connect with people so that they could get to know God. I had a seminary professor who I absolutely loved, Who I had a seminary professor who understood uh, spiritual giftedness this way. She understood that spiritual giftedness was number one, life's circumstances, that it was number two, life's calling, and that it was number three, life's charisma, charismata, life's charisma. I got to tell you, when I heard her say that, I said, yeah, yeah, girl, you're rocking and rolling with the first one, life circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah, life's calling because we're all called to different vocations and things as God has gifted us and built us and created us. But this charisma thing, like for me as an extrovert, I totally get it. That's me. <laughs> but because I'm a man of empathy and sympathy, I'm worried about my introverted friends. What about their charisma? <laughs> right? Right. But it was because I had the wrong idea about what charisma is <laughs> that really dis- that, that disturbed me most. It was because I didn't have a good working definition of what it means to be charismatic or to have charisma. I thought that it was this fun-loving person, somewhat like me and other people like me, who had charm and grace and can woo people. But when you peel back just one layer in definition of what it means to have charisma or to be charismatic, It is the compelling attractiveness to charm others and inspire them to devotion. Huh. I'll read that again. The attractiveness or the charm that can inspire devotion in others. Devotion to God. Deconstruct it. This definition means that we have the woo, we have the attractiveness to be able to draw and bring in others. And scripture says that each and every individual has the capacity and power to do that, that we have the ability to attract others so that they could live in devotion and in love to God. It kind of changes things, doesn't it? That when you peel back one layer to charisma, it actually is a holy definition. It is not just the attitude or the personality of a person, but it is the gift of God's grace that we all have that attracts and enables people to have devotion to God. My goodness. And that's the spirit that Paul says that we're able to have when we're blessed with spiritual giftedness. He says that we are grateful for the Holy Spirit that lives in our lives, that helps us to live out the identity of death and resurrection, but then also empowers us to live out this gift and to have that charisma, that holy woo. But then also says that there's a diversity among us in the body of Christ that helps us to make the impact that we're able to make as Christians. Paul says that in verses 7 through 11, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, a variety of services, but the same Lord, a variety of activities, the way we do it, but the same God who enables us and activates us to do God's work. It is God who is the one who remains steady and constant. It is the spirit in Jesus Christ who remains consistent and steady and constant but then it's God who also puts us to work differently to accomplishes, to accomplish God's work in the world. You see, as a church, the best place of worship in Stafford County, we didn't just get there because of our worship set or our worship music, although Preston and the band does a fantastic job. And we do great with, yeah! And our connections teams and AV and all the other ministries, they do well. But what I hear when I hear that Ebenezer Church as the body of Christ is the best place of worship, I not only see and hear that and that not only makes me to stand up a little bit taller, but it is recognizing all the ways that we as a body of Christ have lived into the evidence of how we are able to display God's love. How we are able to be the evidence of a chain-breaking, healing, comforting, ever-present, providing, sustaining, renewing, life-giving, way-making, miracle-working God. When we allow God to show up in us, God can show up in the world. And it's a nod that, yes, we're able to have great worship and loving people to connect. But it is also people who are impacted by our services and our missionary efforts like in Sierra Leone and responding to food insecurity seated within our own backyard. It is connecting with our neighbors through community events, helping kids to worship and get to know Jesus throughout the year in TNT and in access and even meeting them in the summer to know Jesus through vacation Bible school. It is helping middle school students and high school students to stand up in their role as Christ followers in this world. It is providing means of hope and healing through our counseling services and small groups, how we're able to be a community that makes an impact here and as a result makes an impact there. It is meeting people where they are in small faith communities through the Love Your Neighbor Network. You thought I was going to leave that out? (laughs) You see, we are the embodiment of God's love, and we're called to that. And God encourages them, lastly, with saying that you are uh, reminded to be grateful for the ways that God has grounded you in unity. That as God is unified in the way that God moves and, and works in our world, God also calls for us to be unified. This is especially important because we are of one body, we are of one spirit. And when we are unified, we show to the world that we are marked by reconciliation, a God who reconciles. We are marked by compassion, a God who is compassionate. We are marked by forgiveness, a God who forgives. And as a body that practices that, we become the embodiment of the God that opens God's arms and says, welcome, you belong here. But then it is also our mission to be a redeeming community one that is able to help people recognize the redemptive nature of God and the way that we're able to live that out. So what's the point? I'm glad you asked. That when we live lives full of a heart of thankfulness and gratitude, not only are our lives changed, but we are inspired to help others respond to that same work that started us on our journey. And that's an important work. That's a holy work. And we all are created holy and are inspired to become holier so that we can continue God's work in the world. We've got so much work to do. But when we grow our gratitude, it becomes ever so easy and that much more joyful. Amen? Amen.